0: Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com, drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Bauman. Coming up on this week's very special episode, Adam Burrish and I are joined by Andrew Shaw in front of a live audience of season ticket holders to look back on his incredible career, the tough decision to end his playing days and more. Plus, Brian Bickle stops by to look at his playing days with Andrew Shaw and all sorts of great memories. All that and more coming up right now on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive.
1: Everyone loves a hat trick. Well, your local Chevy dealer has a hat trick to get your attention. If you're in need of a new vehicle but don't want to visit a dealership, check out Chevy's shop. Click and drive. Shop online 24-7. Take delivery at home. It's simple. It's seamless. It's smart. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to locate your Chevy dealer and schedule a test drive today. Shop, click, and drive. Drive what Kanan Taves Drive.
0: I'm Carter Baum. Adam Burrish, of course, there, but the man of the day, one, Andrew Shaw, and uh, Shaw, I want to ask you first off, you know, what have the last few days been like? The emotions of telling your friends, your your former teammates, current teammates, uh, and of course, today, I'm sure you got a lot of messages, just as you've gone through this process of, you know, deciding that this is the end for you, of, of your playing days, at least, what have the last, 24 48 72 hours been like i'm sure they've been uh, a little emotional
2: uh yeah very emotional um i found it was easier to tell my loved ones and my family uh, and friends but you know, and then when you you finally it's announced that uh that i'm done playing hockey uh it hits home it's a lot you know it's more real uh it was a rough day man i had to put my phone away just because uh was getting flooded with text messages and calls and then you know i had to stay out tried to stay off social media as much as i could just a little overwhelming but um doctors say it's best that i stop so you know I'm not going out on my own terms so it, it's it's hard for that as well but uh i try and look back and just enjoy and take in what i've accomplished over the years you know never would have thought i made it to the nhl uh, let alone play 10 years and uh, be a part of two uh, two championship teams as well.
0: You, I know when you came back in January, I remember vividly your preseason media availability where you're very candid, very open saying, you know, you learned a lot over the last 14 months at that point, just about whatever life after hockey was going to be, you were, you were content, you were happy. How much has the last 18 months really kind of helped you and? Um, made you feel more comfortable with this uh, decision. You mentioned it was out of your hands, but what have the last 18 months been like kind of being able to realize what life after hockey would look like and being able to spend more time with the family and and eventually what the next uh, years will hold for you.
2: I think, I think it helped prepare me for it, but it's also heartbreaking um, to put in the work I did to, to get healthy, to get back to playing, getting back into shape, everything, and then having it fall short, obviously again. But it just shows that the pattern that I was in with uh, getting concussions regularly, that it wasn't going to stop, that it was going to keep happening, especially the way I play. And, uh, you know, I tried to change the way I play, and I don't think I was as physical as I normally was this year. And then it still shows that hockey's day uh, a fast game and things can happen in a uh, no blink of an eye. First, for me, Andrew,
1: um, you know, when you're playing, there's always some guys that you admire and you watch closely. And you, you, when you're watching games or playing against them, you kind of zone in on a guy and watch. And you were certainly one of those guys for me. And I know I'm probably speaking for a lot of guys around the league, just the way you worked, the way you played, the way you interacted with your teammates, the way your teammates respected you. Um, you know, an, an incredible, incredible career you had. And, you know, when, when we're playing, I can't tell you, I couldn't tell you those things. But, you know, now that, now that we're done, um, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that you're kind of represent those gritty guys. And you were certainly somebody that I admired and loved the way you played. And I'm sure Blackhawks fans feel the same way. When you look back on it now, two Stanley Cups, an incredible career. Um, what are you most proud of right now?
2: Uh, most proud of the memories, the, the friendships, And uh, I realized today how much I meant to people, inspiring people, kids, fans, friends, family. You don't when you're in the moment, you don't really realize the impact you actually have on so many people's lives. And to know that I did makes this day more special, but also makes it more emotional. But uh, I have to I have to go with that. And thank you. I admired you when you played, too. Wanted to kill you,
0: but
1: <laughs> touche.
0: <laughs> I know one of the things you said in uh, in your media availability today, you were talking about Jeremy Colliton. Obviously, has gone through a very similar path as you had to had to hang him up early, out of his control. When he told the media after you were placed in concussion protocol in, in February, he was visibly upset, visibly uh, taken aback by what this meant, and and he knew the work that you had put in. What has a relationship like that been like with someone who not only knows what you've been through, but also can kind of can kind of help you through that path? What has that been like over the last year, year and a half as you've gone through this? And uh, uh, what what has he been like for you? And you mentioned all the teammates that you have. He's
2: been very helpful. Um, a lot of teammates might not know what I'm going through. Uh, it's just an injury you can't see unless you're you know maybe around me. All the time like my family is but it it dawns on you it's, it's hard on you so he's been through it he knows what it's like he's talked to me about it you know he, he he's helped me he's tried to make sure that i'm doing the right things that i'm staying positive knowing that he went through it and he got better and he's fine now is just reassuring to myself as well you're pretty
1: lucky that you got able to come back to Chicago at this point of your career, you leave for a little bit, you go to Montreal and then you get the chance to come back to Chicago. I'm sure that was special for you and now you get to retire as a Blackhawk. Does that make it does that make it a little bit easier that you got to come back to a place that was so special to you um, and play one more time and, and retire as a Blackhawk?
2: Um, it does. Uh, very special. obviously, this is where my career started. This organization was the one who saw something in me, gave me that opportunity, and let they let me be me. And uh, got to win two Stanley Cups here, be a huge part of that history. Meet a lot of amazing people, both on the team, the organization, and just in the city of Chicago as well. Uh, so this place is always going to be home to me. You'll see a lot of me. I'm sure I'm going to be visiting lots. Um, would love to be at a bunch of Blackhawk games in the future. Uh, pretty exciting to, to be able to move forward knowing that I'll have this city um, as a home for the rest of my life as well.
0: You call this city as, as a home for the rest of your life, but uh, we're very lucky to be joined by a lot of season ticket holders tonight, watching this live recording. Uh, I wanna encourage people if you have questions, some people are doing it already pop them into the chat. We'll get to some, some fan questions later on, but, uh, Shazi, I know this is not, uh, the ideal scenario, not being able to go out in front of a, a bunch of fans, a packed United center. You've talked about scoring some of those goals this season in, in, in an empty building, but what do you want to say to these fans that have been kind of behind you since, since day one and and made you feel at home here in Chicago?
2: Thank you. I mean, you made me bring that energy every night. You you know, even when I was sore, tired and pain and having that energy. And you see having you guys, uh, have our back, it really helped. It really did. It really helped us push and and make ourselves better and hold us accountable. And I don't know if we'd, we'd win the cups without you guys in the building. I mean, you made it that much more special.
1: You're going to get, um, if you haven't already, you're going to start getting that question. What's next? What are you going to do next? How, what's next chapter in your life? So I won't ask you that one because I was there. I know that gets annoying. But what, what's the next couple of weeks look like for you? Um, I know you had said you're you're packing some stuff, but, um, you know, what, take us through what the next two weeks might look like for you now.
2: No, next two weeks, um, I'm going to be moving back to Ontario. You know, we've been here since November with the lockdowns and everything at the border. We haven't got to see our family, so it would be nice to get home to see them. Relax, unpack, just kind of unwind uh, this whole overwhelming situation of, uh, you know, being forced out of a sport that I wish I could play to the day I died. And I have a lot more to give in hockey and I want to to do something with hockey, but playing is uh, out of the picture for sure. So the next two weeks, relax, kick my feet up, have a beer, watch some hockey.
0: Similar question. We have one fan question that's already come in. Matt said and uh, Sharp or and Burr might take a little offense to this, but said you're clearly obviously better looking than Sharp and Burrish, and they're both doing TV. So will you get into some TV gigs there? You know, what, what have you had any thoughts about joining those two?
2: I don't know. I think Burr and Sharpie are a little more educated and, and well spoken than I am. So <laughs> I might have to work on that before I, I can get into that for sure. I'm I'd have to be censored. I'm
0: sure a few times. <laughs> uh, you never know what's going to slip out. Love it. Well, I do want to know. You know, you've played with so many great teammates over the years. Um, who maybe had the biggest impact on your career? Who is your maybe favorite teammate, and and you know why? Why would you? Why would you say them? I mean, there's lots to choose from. I think they all brought
2: special elements to uh, the locker room to the game um, but one I always I always tell people about is Marion Hosa he was the best professional one of the best human beings I've ever met um, as hard as he worked on the ice he was even like a nicer person off the ice never heard anything anyone say a bad thing about him I think watching him playing under him and seeing how committed he was to both ends of the rink, helped me as a player. I mean, if a guy like Marion Hosa can back check and steal the puck off of someone, why can't, why can't I? And I think it, it pushed me to be better all round, but like I said, the room was full of amazing players. Brent Seabrook, a leader, um, Taser, doing everything in his power to help the boys win. He's another one. And then Duncan Keith, a guy who's still going 38 years old, one of the best players in the league, uh future hall of famer. I mean, and then there's Patrick Kane as well. Just all these guys just made the locker room. And then guys like myself and, and Bix uh, the goofballs making sure the thing, the room was light. Everyone was having fun, but knowing when the game, when it came
0: down to the game, we were ready to go. We got Brian Bickle joining the call, uh, right as we go through that list. And uh, Brian, I'm sure you got tossed in there at the end. But what's it like hearing all those names and and not your own in there?
3: Yeah, I thought I was going to leave this call here shortly because uh, I'm like, oh, he's not. I thought I was in the first, on the top five at least. But uh, well, if you could you know, stop,
2: this, if you could this stop. This guy was in my day. wedding
3: party. You know, I, I I I I thought he was a good friend, but um, no. But it's uh, it's. It's unfortunate, but it's nice to, to see you move on. It's uh, obviously me and Burr and everybody that's gone through it. It's, uh, it's a tough, tough spot, but um, I know it's a good thing because you do have those two young kids that are going to be, you know, you're going to watch them grow you're going to be around them it's going to be tough being a parent when you're always around because for me experience it's like you give those wives a lot of respect because they're there every single day and you're always gone the road or gone to practice and things like that but
2: um is amanda hiding around the corner bixie is that what she
0: she didn't hear this
3: so it's recording i see that in the top right so um (laughs) but uh no it's super cool obviously shawzi is a great buddy of mine uh you know, I, I always wanted to say I put him in my wing when he came in, but uh, he would never admit that. Um, but we just had a good time, lighthearted, had fun, make people smile. That was the biggest thing and had fun. I still like to have fun. I know, um, you know, being a full-time dad, it's it's a lot more strict with uh, these kids. But, um, no, it's been great.
1: Nick, uh, when you think back about playing with Shazi, what are a couple of things that'll stand out the most? Maybe some, maybe some moments, maybe some wins, maybe some times in the locker room. Uh, give, give the people watching just a little bit of insight at what it was like playing with with Shazi for such a long time.
3: Yeah, well, you, know, you look at the guy. He was about 165 pounds uh, with his gear on. You know, maybe 510. He always thought he was 511 in the in the programs, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, he had a lot of heart, you know, he, he was, I remember hearing stories, what he was going to go through trying to work it, work his way up and, and thinking about just quitting and working, you know, construction or, or whatever he wanted to do. He was ready to hang it up, but he, he got the work boots on, he dug deep and he got it done. Like, look at, he played uh, a lot of games, two cups, um, a, a very um, uh, unbelievable career for, you know, just in a short amount of time. And I know, um, to be a teammate and to see him grow and see him do stupid things on the road or stupid things in the game um, and laugh at him um, lightheartedly. But, um, you know, there's always moments. I remember I remember one moment, I think it was, the, it was the game six against Boston. He was trying to pass me a puck because he didn't have the silkiest nets. And he tried to pass me the puck and then um, Thornton intercepted and took a shot and hit him in the face. And he got all cut up, so it looked good with Stanley Cup pitchers because he's all bleeding everywhere. But he was trying to pass me a sauce pass. He still couldn't make a sauce. I don't think he can make a sauce now. So um, I have to say that was probably a, a headliner of a good story of uh, his skills. It was uh, not a lot of, but he had a lot of hard work, and he did what people wanted to do is go in front of the net and go to the corners. And um, we kind of worked together to, you know, help their team win. Thanks, Bixie. Uh, yeah. Nice words.
2: Um, I had a lot of fun with Bixie. I wasn't his his wedding party. We're still really good friends. We live about an hour and a half from each other back in our hometown. So I look forward to, uh, getting the kids together for some play dates and some hanging
3: out, just hanging out. Yeah. I've, I've been to your house twice now and obviously you're busy. You still haven't came to my house. So, uh, you gotta make your way down. I do believe
2: dropping you off at your house after a long golf, uh, tournament day.
3: Didn't get to stay, but. Yeah, that was the, the Bickle annual. It was a boozy, right? It was a doozy. Right, it was a boozy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bickle, I want to know what's your, uh, I saw a quote earlier. Um, you know, you, you said there's not really a pretty goal that Andrew Shaw has scored, but what's, uh, what's your favorite Andrew Shaw goal?
3: Well, looking back, as I was seeing some stuff on Instagram, and he's posting, and everyone's posting. His first goal was actually pretty good. I thought it was brutal because sitting on the bench, I'm like, "Who's this Andrew Shaw guy?" Gets in a fight, scores a goal. I'm like, then I look back, I'm like, actually, it was pretty, pretty nice goal. His first goal. I can't. Imme- I, I haven't seen many pretty goals, um, but looking back to that video, that was the first good goal. My my first goal was. I was lucky. it hit my stick and went in the net. So you actually had a little bit of skill at that time. So I think your head was just rushing it's your first game, but um, there wasn't much pretty goals after that for sure. A lot of shin pads, butt, <laughs> stick, like stupid things like that, which, yeah, they all count. So. Oh, oh, all 116 of them, Bixie. <laughs> oh, you're, God, I'm happy you can count that high. <laughs> Do
1: you have a favorite, Shazi? Do you have a favorite goal that you'll always remember?
2: I mean, obviously the triple OT one was pretty cool. And yes, it went off my shin pad, but uh, obviously it's going to stick out. But the first one's pretty amazing too. You know, My first NHL shot, first NHL goal, first game, pretty, uh, pretty cool moment. I had uh, a busload of 60 people, friends and family
0: from Belleville made the trip to Philly to watch that game. So it was pretty awesome. One of our uh, fan questions going off of, favorite Andrew Shaw moments. He said, you know, this is Ben. He he said one of his was you taking on Chara in the corner during the 2013 Cup final. What were you thinking in that moment? I don't know what I was thinking. So that's why my boy Bixie had to go at him uh, a (laughs)
2: game or two later and and let the big boys go at it. And then I saw Marshawn and thought, hey, I can can ragdoll this guy. So (laughs) it it was a funny moment. There's a funny picture of that uh, as well. So another memory that I'll remember for the rest of my life.
3: We got the last laugh, though. Uh, we got the last laugh. That's the most That's important right. thing. I had multiple surgeries after that series. And, um, yeah, Chara, I think, I had to do something with it. So it was uh, it was well worth it. It was it was unbelievable.
0: Charles says, uh, we saw you play back in Owen Sound. Do you have a favorite memory from the O? Long time Shazi fan. fan.
2: Uh, I got traded to Owen Sound two days before the opening day, Um, Googled them, said we were supposed to be the worst league, uh, worst team in the league. We ended up going nine and one to start the year, won the OHL. Uh, So probably that game seven overtime in the OHL finals when we won,
0: probably it's a pretty cool memory. Not a big deal. Not a big (laughs) deal. John has asked, uh, who was the toughest player in the league that you look forward to playing against?
2: I don't really think anyone really looks forward to playing against the toughest players in the league. But, I mean, uh, Chris Neal always bullied his way into that position. I mean, big old meathead him. Uh, he ended up bullying me into fighting him once too. But, I don't know, I love playing against Roussel just because I, I owned him. And I continue to own him over the years. And people said I would love him too if he was on my team. And I'm sure I would. But when he's on the other team, I hated him.
0: Matt came in with another question here. He said, which of the three players here, uh, Shazy Bix, and Burr, had the weirdest pregame ritual? Now, Shaw and Burr, I know you didn't play with each other. But, you know, Bixie, maybe you can settle the argument here. But who had the weirdest pregame ritual? Uh, of the of the two of these guys, well, I I, did, I don't think I had any weird things, but I know Burrs. Every time
3: we had to go to warm up, you know, because the old dressing room, well, the new dressing room was like a two. You had to go by the washrooms to go to the hall. He didn't go to the hall. He went to the to the locker room, the stalls, to look at his hair before he went on to ice, <laughs> made sure all these all pretty for the girls, and then he went on the ice. And he did you know that he had not, he he was a good looking cat, you know, but I just. Went out my business. That's, that's really about Bixie, it. Bixie's superstitious. Bixie watches every single thing that every
2: player does. And he knows. I'm very observant, okay? He
1: asks why you're doing it. And he's like, why are you doing that?
3: <laughs> Always asking questions. It's <laughs> funny to see C- because you guys are weird. <laughs> Seabrook was like, it's. Oh, it, I know. It, it made me have dreams because it's unbelievable the, how much he did. <laughs> yeah. Burge was pretty good. Kept to himself. Yeah, you did too. Yeah, I was a young buck. I was like, oh, better not do anything. Better not do anything. <laughs> something
0: like that. So I was like, Shazi, yeah. what was your uh, what was your pregame ritual? What would you go through before a game?
2: Nothing, nothing particular at all, really. Talk, laugh, a lot of laughing. I think that's all I really did. That's all I ever try to do is laugh. Um, I didn't watch bixie watch you know stare around at everyone that's what that's what I did watch <laughs> bixie, watch his brain there's like a circus going on in there
3: do, 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 do. He
2: yeah no I, I don't know that's probably about it I didn't
0: not a superstitious guy at all I think everyone knows that Adam Burrish was the prankster on the 2010 team and then I think Shaw you took over a little bit in your own heyday what's one of the what's one of the best pranks you think you pulled Oh, I think I told this one earlier. I got a uh,
2: key to Taser's hotel. I, for some reason, I love picking on Taser, and uh, I got a key to his hotel room when he was at dinner. And I went into the mini bar, grabbed all like the nuts and chips, and crunched them all up and put them in his bed sheets. And then I filled his toilet full of ice, and I pooped on it on the ice. And I cranked the heat to like 90 degrees in there and then left. And he was pissed. I got uh, $300 of the room service show up at my door. I had to pay that bill. Next day, I must have really got under his skin because the next day he went to the rink early. I remember we we're in Nashville. It, he must not have slept well. <laughs> so I get to the rink. I go to take my My skates are all, laces are all cut. My equipment's all messed with. And then I go to get my stick to go on the ice and he took out the plug on the end and filled all my sticks full of water. So then I'm like going out there, my sticks heavy as hell, dripping water everywhere. That was probably my, my best prank to do to him. Then I started realizing the more I pranked people, the more everyone started teaming up on me. So
0: then I kind of slowed it down a little bit. Or you had some fun with Taves too yourself.
1: He was an easy target, wasn't he, Sean?
2: Oh, he's
0: so easy. You get so much reaction from him. It's it's great. Oh, that's good. Uh, John wants to know, did you give any teammate their nickname? Um,
2: uh, Phil Deneau. Uh, when he was here for, you know, a quick cup of coffee, he, uh, he was in a PK meeting, and because of his French accent, he said, in the turd period. So then me and I think it was me and Andrew Desjardins were dying laughing in this meeting. We're just immature little kids laughing at this poor French kid who's only played a few games. And so then we just started calling him turd. So his nickname ended up being turd. So then when I went to Montreal, he was there and uh, I made sure everybody called him turd when I first got there.
0: Taking it from one team to another. Oh yeah. Or <laughs> what about you?
1: I don't think I give anybody a nickname. I don't. I don't think anybody vics
3: you. Uh, I think Tara Vinen when he was here. Uh, Turbo. I was. Uh, I don't can't recall. I think Turbo is the only guy because he was a young kid, and, and you couldn't was, pronounce his name. You couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't pronounce his name. You still can't pronounce his name. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't really know. I think they're. I think Seabrook, I think he's got the most names, nicknames for anybody that's ever came through, through the Hawks for sure. He's he's got a nickname for everything in the room because he's so superstitious.
0: Good stuff. Well, we appreciate all the fan questions that came in. Uh, Before we wrap things up, I know uh, Shaw, you, it's been a long, a long day, but uh, looking back on an incredible career, what what are you always going to remember about your time in, in Chicago and, Um, Just everything that you were able to accomplish over the last 10 plus years. I don't know. The love and respect
2: that I got from Chicagoans. I don't get that at home. (laughs) You know, uh, this small town kid, you know, come out of nowhere, just accepted into Chicago like, like it's his own. Everyone loved me for who I am. Uh, I always stayed true to myself and I never changed. And I think people respected that, but I'll also remember all the, uh, (laughs) all the good times I had with my teammates. Like the locker room is, I don't know if there's not people that play sports out there. The locker room is the best thing in the world. I mean, a bunch of guys who love each other and raz each other 24 seven. It's the best thing about hockey to me.
0: That and, punching someone in the face. Well, it's been, uh, it's been fun watching you play, Andrew. And I know I speak for a lot of people on the call here that, um, wish they could give you a proper send off, uh, on this, on this next part of your, your life. And, uh, they appreciated watching you with the Blackhawks, everything you've done for not only the organization organization, but the city, uh, your teammates, everyone involved, front office on the ice, um, wish you nothing but the best as you embark on this next chapter of your career. And, uh, we hope, uh, like you said, we'll see you around Chicago quite often.
3: i got a question, though. Hey, Andrew, do you still have my number? Uh, <laughs> I, I block you. You wouldn't leave me alone, man. I okay. Had to block I'm it. just wondering, if you have it, you can give me a shout. I know it's going to be it's gonna be tough, but uh, I'm here for you. But I'm just wondering if you still have my number or not. So. <laughs> I'm still waiting on those fishing poles, buddy, you know?
0: Yeah, well, the U.S. border's closed. We can't get anything across the border right now. <laughs> Thank you, Burr. Thank you, uh, Bickle, for joining us, Andrew. Uh, Congratulations, and uh, we'll hopefully talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for all the season ticket holders on the call. Uh, We can't wait to see you back in the United Center when everything's right, and uh, hopefully you enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. That will do it for this week's episode. For Andrew Shaw and Brian Bickle, as well as Adam Burrish, I'm Carter Baum. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive with King and Taste Drive.